Dear Father in heaven, Father, we pray for your Holy Spirit. Please be with us. Please speak to our hearts. Bless us now, we ask in the name of Jesus, our Savior. Amen. My title is called New Light for Laodiceans. And I'd like to read a little bit from the Spirit of Prophecy, uh, volume one, page 186. It says, I was shown that the testimony to the Laodiceans applies to God's people at the present time. And the reason it has not accomplished a greater work is because of the hardness of their hearts. But God has given the message time to do its work. The heart must be purified from sins which have so long shut out Jesus. This fearful message will do its work. So there's power in the Laodicean message. When it was first presented, it led to close examination of heart. Sins were confessed and the people of God were stirred everywhere. Nearly all believed that this message would end in the loud cry of the third angel. But as they failed to see the powerful work accomplished in a short time, many lost the effect of the message. I saw that this message would not accomplish its work in a few short months. It is designed to arouse the people of God to discover to them their backslidings and to lead to zealous repentance that they may be favored with the presence of Jesus and be fitted for the loud cry of the third angel. Isn't that amazing? And then she says, as this message affected the heart, it led to deep humility before God. So this tells us that the Laodicean message is very powerful, that it leads to humility and that its ultimate goal is to bring to us the presence of Jesus into our hearts and then to fit us to give the loud cry of the third angel. Now, that's a lot, wouldn't you say? All right, so let's take a look. And let me just also share with you another couple of sentences from volume five about light. Now, we know there's a lot of counsel that we need to be careful of when people say, I have new light, right? We have a lot of counsel about that. But we we have other counsel that says, while the this is a volume five of the testimonies, page 706, Whenever the people of God are growing in grace, they will be they will be constantly obtaining a clearer understanding of his word. They will discern new light and beauty in its sacred truths. This has been true in the history of the church in all ages, and thus it will continue to the end. So that tells us that God has a lot of new light for us. And that that new light comes from the word. It's an ever increasing understanding of the scriptures. And let's take a look at the Laodicean message because there there is light in this message that we need. We desperately need uh, verse 14. Jesus said to the angel of the church of the Laodiceans, write. These things says the Amen, the faithful and the true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. Now, this tells us when Jesus introduces himself in this message, he says that he is he is true. See the where it says that 
He is the faithful and the true witness. So what we're reading here is the truth. And Ellen White talks about the uh, the testimony of the true witness to the Laodiceans. And that's what we're reading. Jesus knows the truth. He is the truth. He speaks the truth. His word is the truth. And what we are reading is the truth. Verse 15, I know your works, that you are neither cold nor hot. I wish you were cold or hot. So then, because you are lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will, the New King James says, I will vomit you out of my mouth which means that he is not able to speak our name in the heavenly courts. He's not able to represent us before God because of our spiritual condition. Verse 17 zeroes in on what I see as the heart of the problem. Jesus says, because, because you say, here's the problem. I am rich, I have become wealthy, and I have need of how much? Need of nothing. So Laodicean's big problem is a, is a need problem. It doesn't sense a need for more of God, for more of Jesus, for more of his light, for more of his presence. You say, I am rich, I have become wealthy, and I have need of nothing. And you do not know that you are wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. Let me ask you, how many of you have read this before? Okay, many times. Now, um, it seems to me that a lot of times when we read this text, it seems to, to us that the Lord is just telling us how bad we are. And we, we look at these words with, uh, with disdain. You know, wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked. And we just think, you know, that's, that's rather, uh, disgusting. And the tendency is to think that that's not me. Would you, would you see that? You know, we tend to think this isn't me. I'm not this. This is bad. And I'm not this. But Jesus is saying that he's the true witness. He tells the truth. And he's telling us that this is who we are. We are these things. We are wretched. We are miserable. We are poor. We are blind. We are naked. A number of years ago, and I shared this with you the last time I was here at Eden Valley, when I was at Andrews University studying in, at the seminary uh, in 1984 and 85, I went through a terrible struggle. Uh, it was a big battle. And underneath my struggle, which I didn't really understand at the time, was my own self-sufficiency. It was my own pride. It was my own basic human bent to uh, say I'm rich and I'm increased with goods and I have need of nothing, which really is the spirit of the devil. Because if you go back to Lucifer, Lucifer's initial sin was pride. 
right? He exalted himself. He essentially said, I am rich and increased with goods and in need of nothing. That's what he essentially said. And that's really what Babylon says as well. When Babylon says, I sit as a queen and am no widow and shall see no sorrow. And it's what Israel had said when it, uh, when it boasted. It's what the Pharisees said when he said, Lord, thank you that I'm not like other men. That I, I do this and this and this and I don't do this and this and this and I'm not like that poor publican over there. You know, that, 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 uh, that poor, wretched, miserable, blind, lost man. And so if you study the thread throughout scripture, the basic problem of human nature including my nature and your nature, is self-sufficiency, self-exaltation, and pride. So when Jesus puts his finger on that and addresses this as a Laodicean problem, he is really addressing the, the core problem of, of sin, of humanity. That we just, you know, we think we're, we're so good that we don't realize our need for Jesus like we should. Now, when I went through the struggle at Andrews, and I'm gonna, I know the board members have to leave in a few minutes, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna get to my point quickly. Uh, when I was at Andrews, and it's a long story, I can't tell you all the details, but in the midst of my darkness and in the midst of my struggle, my mind was directed to the Laodicean message. And there were things that I learned about the Laodicean message and from the Laodicean message that, and I, I think this is probably the only thing that kept me through my struggles and eventually brought me out. And it was, it was the realization that words like wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked were actually weapons from the word of God, from Jesus Christ himself, to help me to get through my struggle. They were, they were weapons of God. The Bible says that uh, the sword of the spirit is the word of God. And at some point in my struggle, I began to take a close look at these words and I realized something that the words wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked, these words, these very words apply to the people that Jesus encountered in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the people that he was able to help, the people that he was able to heal. In fact, the greatest sermon, uh, or well, I don't know if you can really pit sermons, what's, uh, what's better or not, but I was going to say the greatest sermon Jesus ever preached was the Sermon on the Mount. At least it's one of the greatest sermons ever preached, uh, the Sermon on the Mount. And Jesus starts out, In the Sermon on the Mount, the first thing he says is blessed are who? Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. So if you're poor in spirit, you're blessed. That's a good thing, isn't it? So when Jesus says you are wretched, miserable, poor, and blind, and naked... Uh, I learned when I was at Andrews through struggles that I need to embrace the word poor, that the poor in spirit are the ones that are going to enter the kingdom of God. Uh, Paul, in Romans 7, at the end of the chapter, he said, oh, wretched man that I am, 
who will deliver me from this body of death? And it was when he realized his wretched condition, that was the condition. It was his realization of his true condition that became the doorway for the Lord to deliver him. Uh, There's a lot of times in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John where blind people came to Jesus like Bartimaeus, remember, or the man, uh, the man who said, all I know is once I was blind and now I see. And so it's those who re- and Jesus said, he said, if you were blind, you would have no sin. But now that you say we see your sin remains. So God wants us. Jesus wants us to accept the truth of the Laodicean message. He wants us to tell ourselves to fight our self-sufficiency, fight our pride with the word of God and to quote scripture and to acknowledge the truth that I am wretched, I am miserable, I am poor, I am blind, just like Bartimaeus, and I'm naked. And and the the main point I want to tell you is that rather than that being something negative, that is extremely positive because you are you are then agreeing with Jesus Christ. You are acknowledging the truthfulness of the true witness who says, I'm telling you the truth. You think you're this, but you're really this. And when you realize that you are this, then that's when I can do things for you that I can't do in any other way. So I battle with pride regularly. Uh, As a public speaker, you know, I'm in front of the crowd, and I always have to be on guard of thinking I am rich and I'm increased with goods. You know, that I to be tempted to think I just preached a good sermon or this or that, or I'm something special, I'm on television, I write books, and I constantly have to fight against the temptation to uh, act like the devil and to think that I'm something when I'm nothing. And I have learned that one of the greatest weapons that I have against the devil against pride, against self-sufficiency, against my natural human tendency to think more highly of myself than I ought to think is the words that Jesus gave the Laodiceans in Revelation chapter 3. So I can't tell you how many times I've said to myself, I really am wretched, I'm really miserable, I'm poor, I'm blind, and I'm naked. And to me, that has become a very powerful, positive weapon against the darkness of the devil and my own self-sufficiency. And it creates within me, it's, it's soothing, it's a blessing, it's a tremendous uh, avenue for power. And then Jesus goes on in the next verse that once we, he's basically saying once we realize our true condition, He says, I counsel you to buy from me gold refined in the fire, which is faith and love refined in the fire of our trials, that you may really be rich and white garments that you may be clothed. And I tell you, the only ones that Jesus can clothe are those who realize that they're naked. We have to realize the truth. 
We are wretched. We are miserable. We are poor. We are blind. We are naked. Don't resist that. Don't resist that revelation. Accept it. Jesus Christ is the true witness, and he says this is the truth. And when we realize we're poor, then we can receive his riches. When we realize that we're blind, then we can see. When we realize that we're naked, then he can clothe us with the white robe of his righteousness. The white robe of his righteousness, white garments that you may be clothed and that the shame of your nakedness may not be revealed and anoint your eyes with eye salve that you may see as many as I love. Jesus is giving us this counsel because he loves us. I rebuke and chasten. Therefore, be zealous and repent. Behold, I stand at the door and I'm knocking. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and I will sup with him and he with me. The goal of the Laodicean message is to bring to the people of God the presence of Jesus Christ himself so that Jesus is dwelling within our hearts. And the problem with Laodicea is that they don't feel their need. They don't feel their need. They say they're rich and increased with goods and those goods can be physical or spiritual. They can be spiritual goods. They can be the truth. We've got the truth. So we think uh, we don't need anything. And Jesus is basically saying, you need everything. We need everything. And then he tells us the truth about our condition. And his goal is to get us to acknowledge the truth, to accept the truth of who we are, so that then the doorways can be open so he can uh, clothe us with his white robe of righteousness and he can come in with the power of the Holy Spirit and he can dwell within us and he can open our eyes so we can see. And so I'm trying to kind of give you the punchline because I know the board members have to leave, but I would encourage you, all of you, and I'll talk more when they leave, uh, that I would encourage all of you. <laughs> I've got more to say, too. But all of us, you know, I need, I, Steve Wahlberg, need the counsel of the true witness to me. I need that counsel where he tells me I'm wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked. And I have come to the place where instead of resisting those words, I have come to embrace them. And I have said to myself over and over and over and over and over again, Lord, I'm blind. Lord, I'm poor. Uh, Lord, I'm naked. I need your wisdom. I need your light. I need your power. I need your presence. Uh, I need your strength. Now, let me ask you, when do we stop saying uh, I'm poor in spirit or I'm poor? You know, Jesus said, blessed are the poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. So when do we when do we stop being poor? Okay, well, until he comes and maybe, I mean, maybe even in eternity, we're going to realize that we're nothing without him. We're nothing without God. We have nothing. We are nothing without Jesus. So at least, uh, at least it'll be until the second coming, I would say, that we'll be poor. And how long are we going to realize and think to ourselves, Lord, I'm blind in myself unless you help me to see? You know, when do we stop saying that? And when do we stop saying, Lord, I'm I'm naked without you. I don't have the robe on without you. And I'm trusting you and your righteousness to cover me. 
When do we stop saying that? And so are, are you getting my point? Uh, to me, this was new light. It's not new light that contradicts the Bible, because we need to be careful of that. But it's new light from Scripture. It's new light from Jesus. It's new light in the Laodicean message for Laodiceans that it, that it is through embracing the Scripture and the truth of the true witness. And, you know, pride says, no, that's not me. <laughs> it's, it's that person. It's, it's over there. I'm not wretched. I'm not miserable. I'm not poor. I'm not blind. And I'm not naked. And I'm here to tell you that the true witness says, yes, you are. Yes, you are. It's you. It's me. And the good news is, you know, it's okay uh, for us to acknowledge that. In fact, that's the best thing that we can do. If we acknowledge it, if we know it, if we accept it, we are accepting the counsel of the true witness and we are then realizing our utter need for Jesus Christ. Another great point that I've learned is that uh, when Jesus says, I cancel you to buy from me, buy. Well, what do we buy with? If you're wretched, miserable, poor, and blind and naked, then what do you buy with? Well, you, you buy with your need. Your need is your currency. The more need you have, the more you've got to buy with. Uh, it says in Isaiah, uh, you who have no money, come buy and eat. So if you have no money, what do you buy with? Your need. That's right. And how much of us have need? You know, way down there underneath our self-sufficiency and our pride and our thinking that we're, we're okay and, and I need to be okay in order to be ready for, for the Lord to come. Underneath that is a lot of need. There's a pool of need. There's an endless amount of need. And if we can just, you know, get underneath that self-sufficient barrier and go down underneath it and embrace the truth of who we are based on the words of the true witness, wretched, miserable, poor, blind and naked, we'll realize we have a lot of need. And the good news is the more need you have, the more need you have to buy with, the more currency you've got. And so the Lord can bless you. He can open your eyes. He can come into your heart. He can clothe you with his white robe of righteousness. He can give you his uh, his Holy Spirit and all the things that you need. He can give you. If you will embrace your need and you and the realization that you are absolutely and totally dependent upon him. Well, I see the board members are on their way. So, Barbara, I hope I gave you enough information. God bless you, too. Remember. Yes. That's right. That's right. Uh, the more you feel your nakedness, the more he can clothe you. And he wants to clothe us. That's right. And so it's a, you know, it's a, the Laodicean message is a masterpiece of, uh, of counsel from the true witness to help Laodiceans to overcome the basic human tendency that we all have that goes back to the devil to be uh, self-sufficient and proud. And you know, we all have that problem. 
whether we're Seventh-day Adventists or whether we're Baptists or whether we're Charismatics or whether we're Catholics uh, or whether we're Wiccans or whether we're atheists or agnostics, uh, you know, whether we're black or white, whether we're part of the LGBT movement or whether we're not, uh, we all have the same basic human tendency to exalt ourselves and to think that we're fine and to think that we're better than other people. We do. And some of us have it more than others. <laughs> but we all have that tendency. And the Laodicean message is the antidote. It's the remedy to the basic human condition. So it's not just, I think a lot of times on the surface, we think the Laodicean message is just where Jesus spanks us and tells us that we're bad. You know, that's that's a surface view of the Laodicean message. The Laodicean message is really designed to reach to the root of our problem, the root of human sin. And we need to get over the hump and we need to agree. Let's look at it again. Verse 17, because you say that we are this, then he says, you do not know. See that? These are the words of the true witness. You don't know. And so what does he want, what does he want us to do? If there's something we don't know, then he wants us to find out. That's right. He wants us to know it. He wants us to know it. And how do we know it? We know it by believing what he says. Believing what he says and embracing his words. And, and I, I know the human tendency is to think, I, I don't want to do that. Because if I think that that's me, the tendency is to think, I'm going to be, I'm going to be scared and I'm going to think that I've lost. If I accept this as applying to me. But the reality is, accepting this as applying to you is the best thing for you. It's the best thing for you. Uh, it won't hurt you. Now, it might sting your pride, but it's not going to hurt you. Jesus says, those who I love, I rebuke and I discipline. He gives us this counsel because he loves us. And it applies to all of us. There's not a one of us. And if there's one person here who thinks this counsel doesn't apply to me, then really you're thinking like the devil. You're thinking that you are above the word of the Lord. And that's how we got into this mess in the first place. And so when I went through a lot of my struggles at Andrews and beyond that, one of the things that Jesus used to help me get through these struggles was the Laodicean message. It became a power in my life. It became a, a weapon to help me to fight against my own nature and to realize my need for a savior. It has been a tremendous blessing to me. It has opened up the door for me to understand more about Christ's righteousness, to understand more about the eye salve of the Holy Spirit, and to understand more about the gold of faith and love, to understand more about the white robe of his righteousness. Again, verse 20, he says, I want to come in. That's my goal. I stand at the door and knock. 
If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in to him and dine with him and he with me. Verse 21 says, to him who overcomes, I will grant to sit with me on my throne as I also overcame and have sat down, sat down with my father on his throne. So we need to be overcomers, don't we? That's what Jesus says. But now here's a key question. How do we overcome? Do we overcome by thinking that we're good enough? By building up ourselves? No. The way we overcome, we need to overcome our own natures. We need to overcome our own self-sufficiency. We need to overcome our own pride. We need to overcome thinking that we're better than other people. We need to overcome the basic human tendency that we got from the devil. The same tendency that's in Babylon that says, I sit as a queen, I'm not a widow, and I will see no sorrow. That is the uh, sin that we need to overcome. And the way we overcome, if, could, if I could say it this way, is by undercoming. <laughs> you go up. By going down, he who exalts himself will be humbled. He who humbles himself will be exalted. So the way we go up is by going down. That's how we overcome. He who overcomes, I will grant to sit with me on my throne. As I also overcame and am sat down with my father, On his throne. Verse 22. He who has an ear. Let him hear. What the spirit. Says to the churches. The Laodicean message. Really is. A message from Jesus Christ. To his people. It's the last message of the seven churches. To the last people. And those who experience this message. And understand it. They will be the ones who are prepared to give the loud cry and to receive the latter rain. That's what we're told. So let me uh, let me close with the words that I started with in the testimonies, the section on the Laodicean message. And you know what? Here's a sentence I just uh I just opened up to this. I think this was God's providence. This is page 181. Listen to this. It says, the testimony of the true witness has not been half heeded. The solemn testimony upon which the destiny of the church hangs has been lightly esteemed, if not entirely disregarded. This testimony must work deep repentance. And all who truly receive it will obey it and be purified. Isn't that something? This wasn't even in my notes. I don't have any notes. I'm standing here without any notes. I just, and this isn't even my, uh, this isn't even my volume of the testimonies. I grabbed it over in the library and I just opened it up and that's what I just read and it's underlined. Wow. Can I read it again? Sure, I will read it again. Volume 1, page 181. The testimony of the true witness has not been half-heeded. 
This solemn testimony upon which the destiny of the church hangs has been lightly esteemed, if not entirely disregarded. This testimony must work deep repentance and all that truly receive it and obey it will be purified. Now, I want to find the section that I started with. I, I know I can find it quickly. Okay, page 185. And this is what I started with. I was shown, this page 186, I was shown that the testimony of the Laodiceans applies to God's people at the present time. And the reason it has not accomplished a greater work is because of the hardness of their hearts. But God has given the message time to do its work. The heart must be purified from sins which have so long shut out Jesus. So that's the goal of the Laodicean message is the presence of Christ. This fearful message will do its work. When it was first presented, it led to close examination of heart. Sins were confessed and the people of God were stirred everywhere. Nearly all believed that this message would end in the loud cry of the third angel. But as they failed to see the powerful work accomplished in a short time, many lost the effect of the message. I saw that this message would not accomplish its work in a few short months. It is designed to arouse the people of God, to discover to them their backslidings, and to lead to zealous repentance that they may be favored with the presence of Jesus and be fitted for the loud cry of the third angel. As this message affected the heart, it led to deep humility before God. Isn't that powerful? So to me, what I've learned, the Laodicean message is the voice of the true witness to my soul. It is very, very powerful. And it is uh, something that we need to embrace. Something that we need to realize that we, we are poor. But Jesus said, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. The amazing thing is, is when we realize we're naked, then he clothes us. When we realize we're poor, then he can give us his riches. When we realize we're blind, then he can open our eyes so we can see. It's the paradox of the kingdom, the paradox of the truth of Jesus Christ. And it's in the Laodicean message, and it's what we need. And it's not a message to just spank us to be, uh, you know, better people. If we just look at it on the surface, we, you know, we see it as just he's spanking us and telling us you're so bad and I want you to be good. But it's, it's, it goes deeper than that. It goes deeper than that. It's his message to ultimately Help us to feel our need so that he can live in our hearts. That's what it's all about. Make sense? That's why I've called this new light for Laodiceans. And it's light that is right from the word of Jesus Christ himself. Okay, well, I think I've said the main things I want to say. Now, why don't we kneel together and let's pray. Heavenly Father, you've told us that 
If we have ears to hear, you want us to hear what the Spirit says to the churches. And Lord, we pray, uh, open our ears. Help us to realize that we're deaf. We are deaf. And through realizing that we're deaf, then, Lord, we can hear. Help us to embrace the truth that we're blind. We are blind. We're more blind than we think we are. And if we accept that, that we're blind, that's part of learning to see. Lord, help us to realize the truth that we're naked, that we are naked. And Lord, clothe us with your white robe of righteousness so the shame of our nakedness does not appear. Help us to realize that we are wretched like Paul did. He said, oh, wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? And then he said, I thank God through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Jesus, we don't want you to be knocking on the outside. We want you to come in. We want your presence inside of us. Lord, may the Laodicean message and may the Holy Spirit work deep humility inside of our souls. Forgive us for thinking that we're, we're in need of nothing. Forgive us for thinking that we're better than anybody else. Forgive us for exalting ourselves like the devil above you and above your words. Lord, may the revival that you want to accomplish in your people, may it move steadily forward in the hearts of your children. Get us ready for the loud cry. Fit us for the loud cry of the third angel's message and so the Holy Spirit will be able to fall upon us and have no barriers. There'll be a wide open channel between us and you. Lord, bless us. Thank you for giving me the chance to share these words. The Laodicean message has helped me so much. And I pray that it will help your people here today. Help us all. And may Jesus live in our hearts. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We hope you enjoyed today's broadcast with Steve Wolberg. We feel privileged to be a part of God's commission to share the gospel message with the world. You too can be a part of our gospel outreach team by supporting broadcasts just like these with your financial gifts. We strive to be careful with every dollar that we receive, knowing these donations are sacred gifts to build up God's kingdom of grace and salvation. To find other great resources or to donate online, go to whitehorsemedia.com or you can call us at 1-800-78-BIBLE. That's 1-800-782-4253. You can follow us on Twitter at Whitehorse7 or on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Steve Wolberg. That's Steve, W-O-H-L-B-E-R-G. If you prefer to contact us by mail, write to Whitehorse Media, P.O. Box 130, Priest River, Idaho, 83856. Thanks for your support, and may God richly bless your day.